This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. Welcome to Christian Family Church Johannesburg. Praise God. Good to be together again. So glad we can have more folks come together. That's so nice. All right, today we continue with part two in our series, Standing Against Fear. But I'd like you all in the main sanctuary to give yourself a great big praise God. Welcome, hand clap. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And all of you in the, uh, in the overflow rooms, let's go first to the theater. Give yourselves a great big praise God. Hand clap. So glad you are in church. And all of you in the Dr. Theo, go ahead, let's hear you. And all of you in the Dr. Bev, let's hear you. And all of you in the Sheila Palmer, let's hear you today. Praise the Lord. Sounds great. Okay. And all of you sitting at home watching on your TVs or your iPads or your computers or your cell phones, give yourselves a great big praise God. All right. Psalm 34 verse 17 from the NIV translation. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Praise God. There's no confusion about that, right? He delivers us from all of our troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Let's say that again. The Lord delivers us from all of our troubles. So no, no matter what you are going through or might go through, the Lord promised to deliver you. That's a great scripture to stand on, Psalm 34. If you have lost focus because of your overwhelming troubles, if you have been wounded in your heart or in your spirit, this word is for you. This scripture is for you. Hold on to it. Meditate on it. It'll bring you strength in your time of need. When you are feeling overwhelmed by life, stop telling God how big your mountains are. Start telling your mountains how big your God is because He is big and will deliver you from all your troubles. You're going to go through troubles in the future, just like you have been in the past. And it doesn't matter what a mess your life is in right now, because God can turn it around. Listen to the story from Brenda's testimony. All right, this is very powerful. This will encourage you. If she can go through this, you can survive too. And God brought her out, God will bring you out. The moment she began trusting the Lord, God brought her out. On Tuesday, September 11, I was at work at 6 a.m. And by 10 a.m., it seemed like the world was ending. I worked for United Airlines at Los Angeles International. News of the hijacking and destruction of our planes made all of us at work at United Airlines numb with disbelief. We're talking about 2001, September 11. She says, we had co-workers, team members and friends 
who were among those who were suddenly destroyed. How were we supposed to go on with all this happening? Where do we find the strength to go on when your world has literally exploded? Fortunately, I knew where to find strength because Jesus helped me recover from years of hurt, abuse, sorrow, and tragedy. On that Tuesday, I volunteered to help and to comfort any of the family members or friends who might show up at Los Angeles International to pick up families and friends who were supposed to arrive and did not arrive. So learning to deal with pain has been a story of my life. I was born into a very poor family in the South. One night, as my mother was leaving work, she was attacked, beaten and raped, and I'm I'm the result of that incident. So growing up has been very difficult and painful for me. My mother's husband hated me from the very start. So he mistreated me continually. He was an alcoholic and I was beaten and I was hit every day. I have been burned. I've had knives thrown at me that split my nose right down the middle. I've been locked in closets. And of course, he sexually abused me. And all this happened to me before I was six years old. And honestly, I was relieved when that man died. My mom proceeded to meet other alcoholics that would abuse me and her, and they would move on. When my mom wound up in prison, I went to live with my grandmother. It was there that I experienced more abuse, and other relatives abused me as well. There was really no love, no kind words, no encouragement. The only people who were nice to me, really, were drug addicts and drug dealers. So I became an addict myself. A few years later, I moved to Houston and became a drug dealer too. Later on, I got busted and went to jail for three months. The day after I got to jail, my mom died. And I was literally crushed because she was the only person I had in my life. And she was gone. So in despair, I moved to California. Life went on till New Year's Day. Another bombshell hit. I was raped. It honestly seemed like nothing good would ever happen in my life. A few years later, I married a fun-loving man. We had a beautiful house. We lived on the lake. As the months went by, I discovered that he was an addict. He'd leave me alone for days at a time. Then one day he came home and he attacked me and beat me and left me unconscious. When I woke up, all my valuables were gone. My money, my car, everything I had, my credit cards, I lost everything. I had to check myself into the hospital with only a bag of clothes. I had a broken body, a broken spirit, And I had a Bible. 
I was really, all I had left was my little Bible. I thought, here I am, another hopeless mess in a terrible situation. How was I possibly going to go on? How was I supposed to continue from here? But I knew that God had not forgotten me. This is when she turns to the Lord now. In the difficult months that followed, I began to grow as a Christian. So did my strength, my inner peace, my joy, that God would bring good out of all the bad that happened in my life. As I read God's Word, I learned that God was waiting for me to give me strength, to start over in spite of all the pain, in spite of all the rejection, in spite of all the resentment, the shame, the hurt, everything bad that happened in my life, He was going to help me move on. I just needed to focus on God. I needed to focus on the Lord and His Word. I needed to move ahead in my spirit in spite of my fears and expect God to help me to recover. God's purpose in my life is much greater than any problem I faced or will ever face in my future. Really, that's what hope's all about, regardless who you are, whether you are young or whether you are old. If you're going through a tough time and you just feel like giving up, I urge you, turn to Jesus. I know He will give you the strength to go on if you will trust Him. Just meditate in His Word and depend on what He says. There's no tragedy in life that you can't recover from. If you will trust Jesus to give you the strength, the power, the energy, the love, and the grace to handle it. On the other hand, if you do not have Jesus Christ at the center of your life, in control of your life, there are lots of things you're never going to recover from. And you're just going to have to carry these burdens and hurts throughout your life. It's your choice. That's what she ends with. It's your choice. So recovering from these problems is a choice. A choice to take the Word of God, read the Word of God, and believe it and act on it. Just that simple. If Jesus could deliver her by that principle, He can deliver all of us by the same principle. And she went through a terrible life until she came to the Lord, and then He changed it all for her. So that's in that story. Now let's go to Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Praise the Lord. Psalm 61, verse 3. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. At times that road may seem too steep to climb or too slippery to maintain your footing or too far to travel, but don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed by the journey. Your destiny is not always a place, but often it's a new you. Your destiny may be a new you, 
a strong, mature believer. We have an enemy in this world, and he is very real. His priority is to knock you down, take you out, take you off the road, the race that you should be running, or get you to give up somehow, some way, before you reach your destiny, your destination. It is important to understand you aren't fighting against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, the powers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms around us, according to Ephesians 6 verse 12. Yes, in the atmosphere around us are demon spirits, and they are behind every single challenge you face in life. Remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4. He said, Satan brings these things to stop you from getting into the Word of God, to steal the Word out of our hearts. But we're not going to let him because we know the answer, the solution is the Word of God. Amen. It was no different in the Old Testament days. When the king of Syria sent 3,000 troops to chase down the prophet Elisha and his servant. You'll find that in 2 Kings chapter 6 from verse 8. Two against 3,000. Now, some of you may feel that way right now. Impossible odds that you are facing. These Syrians were bad people. Nobody wants to mess with them. They cut off arms and legs of people just to watch them suffer. And Elisha has been getting the Syrians' battle plans from the Lord and sharing them with the king of Israel. So the king of Syria was mad about that. He was really upset about the prophet of God, hearing from God, finding out his battle plans and telling the king of Israel so the king of Israel would be able to defend himself every time. So he found out where the prophet Elisha was and sent 3,000 troops to surround the town he was staying in. And when Elisha's servant Gehazi went outside in the morning, he saw the 3,000 troops and totally freaked out. He runs inside panicking and tells Elisha, Oh my Lord, what shall we do? And tells him about this army of fierce-looking warriors with swords and spears and other weapons. And Elisha says to him, Gehazi, don't be afraid. There are more on our side than there are on their side. And of course, the servant can't figure that out because he can only see in the natural. He can't see in the spiritual. And Elisha asked God to open his eyes so he can see all the mighty angels that are on their side. Because Elisha said there's more with us than there are with them. And of course, God opened his eyes and he saw the mighty angels, the warriors of God. The eyes of the servant were opened. We're so accustomed to looking with our natural eyes that we are blinded 
to the spiritual realm. We don't see into the spirit realm. We don't understand the spiritual realm. We stay focused on the problem in front of us and don't see what God says is on our side. Just like Elisha's servant, he couldn't see the spiritual dimension. Sometimes we are like that. We can't see what God says is ours. God's Spirit is on our side, the Holy Ghost. The angels are on our side. Praise His name. When we are feeling overwhelmed, don't fix your eyes on the obvious. Remember, God did not bring you here this far to leave you now. He didn't bring you this far to abandon you. The Word of the Lord will stand firm forever. Psalm 33, 11, He is faithful to all of his promises. Isaiah 43, verse 1, God tells us not to be afraid. He says it's not necessary. The NIV translation says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So God knows your name, and he's called you to himself by using your name. You are his. He says, I have summoned you. I have called you. By name, you are mine. You can read it this way. Fear not, because I have bought you. I own you. I have called you to myself. By your own name, you are mine. Let's say that. God has called me. By my own name, I am his. I belong to him. Verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, do not be afraid, for I am with you. So God says you are precious and you're honored in his sight. Do not be afraid, for he is with you. Let's say that. So I am, say it again, I am precious and honored in God's sight. I will not be afraid, for he is with me. The world is dominated by fear. Where does fear come from? Isaiah 54 verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Now let's look closely at that verse and watch the word for over here. It says, in righteousness you, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for because you shall not fear. So we could say it this way. Notice this, you shall have a lot of oppression if you fear. Say that with me. I will have a lot of oppression if I fear. Say this, if I do not fear, I will have no oppression. See that? It says you shall be far from oppression because you shall not fear. So people who are oppressed are people who are afraid. That's what God is saying here. 
Why should we be afraid? And why should we be oppressed? God is on our side. No matter what we are facing in our world today, of all the problems you mentioned in part one, God has not forsaken us and never will. No, He delivers us every time. Praise His name. All right, let's read Isaiah 54 verse 15. Indeed, they shall surely assemble. Now, who is they that assembles? Well, we saw in verse 14, it says, You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. In other words, God is saying here that fears shall gather against us. Indeed, they, fears, shall assemble. Shall surely assemble against us. But not because of me. God is saying, I didn't send it. However, it says, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Now watch verse 17. The next is, carries on. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So don't be afraid of any of the problems you're facing. Don't fear because of these problems. And every tongue which rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So, in other words, the way to overcome fear is to speak against every thought of fear, every statement of fear, every circumstance of fear that comes against you. We must speak against it because God said, you shall condemn it. You shall condemn it. Verse 17. Watch that. You shall condemn it. It didn't say God will. It said you will. We must speak against it. So God says here, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Why? Because you will speak against it. Say that. No problem, no weapon formed against me shall succeed. Why? Why? Say it. Why? Because I will speak against it. You see, when you speak against it, God will deal with it. Numbers 14, 28. God said, As surely as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I shall do for you or to you. So God's waiting to hear what you're going to say about your problems, about your fears, about your circumstances. Don't let them get on top of you. Speak to them and keep speaking to them. Let's say this together. I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I resist this problem in the name of Jesus. This battle is the Lord's. Praise God. Again, I resist this circumstance. I resist this fear. This problem is the Lord's. This battle is the Lord's. Things like that we have to say. And if we'll do that, family, our fears will melt away, and so will our problems. Our God will take care of them. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're so glad you came, so glad you listened, and I'm sure this word has helped you. Now, next week, I will continue with part three, standing against fear. Don't miss it. All right, every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I don't know where I'm going when I die. I need to be sure I'm going to heaven. 
Well then, let's say this little prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, everybody please. Dear Lord Jesus, please enter my heart. I receive you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I declare you are the Lord of my life. I will live for you with all my heart until I see you face to face. Thank you for saving me. Now, if you said that for the first time and you continue to fellowship with Jesus, you will make it and we will see you in heaven one day. Praise God. Congratulations. Now, if you said that for the first time, won't you please raise your hand and give God the glory and thank Him by raising your hand for saving you today. Praise the Lord. Give them all a big hand clap, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, Pastor Bev and I love you, and we are praying for you continually. We thank you for praying for us as well. God bless you all, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 